Oh, my God. 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Tits and jackets And our boys hang out Near in Chaim Berlin Hollywood ain't some place We admire Hey, we don't even Own a small TV We don't read page six We don't like gossip Ay, 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 ay,
I want you to know there is one city. Give out, give out, master of the world, there is one city. It's a small city, an unimportant city, but the center of the world. I want you to know in that city. There is one hill There is one broken wall But by that holy wall Heaven and earth are one By that broken wall All hearts are complete again That broken wall Someday will fix the whole world Turn all the brokenness into wholeness. Turn hatred into love. Turn tears of sadness into tears of joy. Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim,
But of course, I could this bugger who comes in my tealenus. Me are them, we're the ones. We are the only ones. We are the chosen ones. Chosen ones. Shello ye chod bulvar. Amaraleinu lechalisenu. But of course, I could this bugger who comes in my tealenus. Me are them, we're the ones. We are the only ones. We are the chosen ones. Chosen ones. Come on, Israel, we are ready. Turn the music up. Let's dance and cheer and sing until the goddess is up. Wave your banners up high. I'm a strong will high. We're alive. We're alive. Come on, Israel. We are ready. Turn the music up. Let's dance and cheer and sing until the goddess is up. Wave your banners up high. I'm a strong will high. We're alive. We're alive. Shello Yechot Bilvar. But of course, I could this boy who comes in my lanes. Me are them, we're the ones. We are the only ones. We are the chosen ones. Chosen ones. Shelo yechad bovar, amar aleinu lechalisenu. But of course, I could this boy who comes in my lanes. Me are them, we're the ones. We are the only ones. We are the chosen ones. Chosen ones. Come on, Israel, we are ready. Turn the music up. Kings rise, hearts cold, play the cards, then they fold, we're the ones they say. 
Truly, uh, JM in the AM is the uh, radio show where you never know what's going to happen next. 
who expected us to begin with a massive collection of Am Yisrael Chai selections. Yeah, this is what we do as we are approaching the Shloshim this coming Sunday of those who perished on Shmini Atzeres. We say Am Yisrael Chai, a whole bunch of Am Yisrael Chais, if you will, in that uh, set here at the uh, JM and the AM. The, the most recent one, the one you just heard, was Aif Simchas. Uh, the Shama Orchestra from the Jaywalking album, Am Yisrael Chai. Nachas with his Am Yisrael Chai. Shlomo Kalbach, of course, that was the Live in South Africa album with Am Yisrael Chai. Moshav Band with Am Yisrael Chai. Country Yassian Company with the song entitled, I'm Proud to be Part of Am Yisrael. A lot of people saying that these days. Am Yisrael Chai from Lenny Solomon and, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this second day of November. Who knows why? November the 2nd is an important day in modern Jewish history. Anybody know? Anybody know why November the 2nd? is an important day in modern Jewish history. November 2nd. Hmm. Uh, for those of you who are uh, teachers, principals, instructors, Rabbeim, I'll uh, remind you that the date that I have in mind is November the 2nd of 1917, 106 years ago today. What happened 106 years ago today? to make it an important date in modern Jewish history. Today is the 18th day in the month of Mar Cheshvan. It happens to be the art side of Rav Meir Kahana. Boy, I can only imagine what he'd have to say about these days. Um, so again, the 2nd of November, 18th of Mar Cheshvan, and uh, we are here on a Thursday at JM and the AM with an Erev Shabbos show tonight at 7 p.m. here on NSN hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. We will introduce a brand new show before that uh, coming up, and that will be um, and that will be our dear friend Simon Jacob, who has an amazing wine podcast that we're going to be including in our Thursday night lineup, along with Mark Zamek and Tani Gutterman. So we'll introduce that later on in the show. A lot of people are wrapping up uh, Meseches Kiddushin and Daf Yomi, the study of Talmud, one page per day. And on Shabbos, officially, Baba Kama begins. So Mazal Tov to those completing Kiddushin, Hatzlacha Rabbah to those who are moving on to Baba Kama from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um, Governor Hochul, New York State Governor Hochul, one half hour from now here at JM in the AM. Looking forward to uh, greeting the governor and thanking her for a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, governor Hochul, the governor of the state of New York, with us about a half hour from now right here at JM in the AM. Simon, I mentioned, will join us. David Mandel from OHEL is going to join us. Uh, Yudi Birnbaum, who's not only a relative of mine, he's somebody who took on an initiative that a lot of you may not think is a big initiative. I think it's massive. We'll explain when he joins us coming up here at JM and the AM. Boy, we have a lot to do today, to say the least. Jesse's Wag, Thursday Live Lunch at 11 a.m. 9 o'clock for Charlie Harari. 10 o'clock for Allison Josephs, Jew in the City. Boy, oh boy, we are we're jam-packed, aren't we? We just don't take a break. We don't rest. It's amazing. 
<laughs> Baruch Hashem. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Good morning, Trucker Yitz. Good morning, listener Tikva. Yisrael Blumberg, we're going to try to get to your request. He's got a request from overnight on the app. You probably don't see it because you see everything that starts at 6 a.m. with the comments. But on our back end, we see uh, you know people who wrote last night or in the middle of the night, so we'll try to get to that. More coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM in the AM. <laughs>
Pulling back the arrow, about to snap the bow Standing at the race line, waiting for go Like thunder and lightning, 
right before it rains. In a single moment, everything can change. Feels like it's 4:59 on a Thursday, and redemption's a minute, a minute away. When I get back on Monday, I won't be, I'll never be the same. When the show first starts, it's blasting like sweat. J.M. and the A.M. with a song that apparently on Monday we're finally going to uh, be uh, be told what it's all about. <laughs> Even though the lyrics and some of the publicity around the eighth day selection entitled 459 uh, do give a uh, somewhat of an explanation about the song and its theme. Uh, the guys from Eighth Day will join us early next week uh, to give it to us, um, to spoon feed us the actual explanation of that song. Uh, which has already become a big hit from Eighth Day. Eitan Katz before that with Hoshia and the stolen Carlin Nigun here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up. Governor Hochul is going to join us about 20 minutes from now. We get an opportunity to thank her for a whole bunch of stuff, including the, still can't believe she went to Cornell to reassure all the Jewish students and, frankly, all the community members in the state of New York the other day. And, of course, I'm sure she was thrilled that an arrest was made in that case. 
Uh, and of course, she's back from Israel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We will speak with her about 20 minutes from now, right here. If you keep it at JM in the AM. Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. Um, Itzikor Lev with Yishtabach. Before that, the eighth day selection, 459. And again, we are anticipating that we'll <laughs> have the guys on from eighth day early next week. And, uh, oh, we did share a Malos from Shalshalas. I forgot to put that in there. Uh, we'll have the guys on from eighth day next week, and they will give us the explanation, the definitive explanation. Uh, even more than uh, than they wrote in their publicity piece about that song 459. We'll learn about it together right here at JM&M. Who was it that uh, that asked me about it? Um, oh, this is crazy. I get older and I'm for- becoming very forgetful. Um, oh, I can't believe it. Somebody, 
Somebody was in touch with me, and I'm sure they're screaming at the radio right now or at their computer or at their phone. <laughs> Someone was in touch with me trying to decipher what this whole 459 thing was. I'm literally searching 459 on my phone. Um, and I told them I'll get to the bottom of this. So funny. Doesn't show up on my phone. I'll think of it. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I hope they're not insulted. I don't remember. I'll think of it and uh, I'll make sure that person is tuned in or at least gets the archived uh, portion of that show early next week here at JMD. And the governor of the state of New York, Governor uh, Kathy Hochul, is going to join us coming up 7, 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll check in with Simon. As we said, we have a brand new kosher wine, especially Israeli wine. Um, a show that's going to air. Simon's going to be uh, air, uh, is going to be submitting that to us each and every week. It'll air about six thirty p.m. before the uh, Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That airs tonight, of course, and tomorrow at uh, three a.m. and ten a.m. Eastern time. And uh, then Tani Gutterman tonight, around ten o'clock, right after the uh, Arab Shabbos show with Tani Talks Parsha, all here. Um, on NSN. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, web and on the Nachum Segal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Did I say the wrong time yesterday? I may have. I know on Monday I was really mocked and I said 1 p.m. newscast. I don't know what I did yesterday and Tuesday. I really wonder. I probably said 2 o'clock, right? It is a six-hour difference between the Eastern Time Zone and our beloved state of Israel right now. It'll go back to seven this coming Sunday morning when we change the clock. That's how this thing works. Simple as that. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jam in the AM. Galitzal, באולפן אהוד גרף עם מה שקורה עכשיו. צה"ל התיר לפרסום. סגן אלוף סלמן חבקה, מפקד גדוד 53 בחיל השריון מהיישוב ינוח ז'ת, נפל הלילה בקרב בצפון רצועת עזה. סגן אלוף חבקה, בן 33, היה אמון על הכוחות הראשונים שנלחמו במחבלי חמאס בקיבוץ בארי בתחילת הלחימה. הוא הותיר אחריו אישה וילד, הורים וחמישה אחים. התרעת צבע אדום נשמעה עכשיו בנירים, לא דווח על נפגעים או נזק. פיגוע ירי בשומרון ישראלי נרצח הבוקר בחטיבה המרחבית מנשה בין שווי שומרון ליישובי נב. המחבלים ירו לעבר הרכב הישראלי שהתהפך כתוצאה מהירי. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש מעדכן כי כוחות צה"ל פתחו במצעוד אחר המחבלים. טיל נ"ט נורה מלבנון לעבר מוצב צבאי סמוך למנרה. אין נפגעים לכוחותינו. כתבנו בצפון הדר גיציס מעדכן כי צה"ל משיב בירי הארטילרי. דובר צה"ל, תת-אלוף דניאל הגרי, עדכן הבוקר על עלייה במספר החטופים. עד כה נמסרה הודעה למשפחותיהם של 242 חטופים. אנחנו מחויבים למשימה הלאומית 
להשיב את כולם הביתה. עד כה מסרנו הודעה למשפחותיהם של 332 חללי צה"ל. אנחנו מחבקים את המשפחות ונמשיך ללוותן. בשעה זו מובא למנוחות סמל ליאור סימינוביץ', לוחם בגדוד צבר בחטיבת גבעתי, שנפל בצפון רצועת עזה. בן 19 היה בנוף לו. עשרות מלווים אותו בדרכו האחרונה בבית העלמין הצבאי בהרצליה. אמו יפית ספדה לו בדמעות. גרמניה הטילה איסור על פעילות חמאס בשטחה. מדווחת כתבת חדשות החוץ, איה אילון. שרת הפנים של גרמניה הודיעה הבוקר כי היא אוסרת על פעילות חמאס. לדבריה מטרת הארגון להשמיד את מדינת ישראל. כמו כן אסרה את פעילותו של ארגון הטרור סמידון בשטח גרמניה. בשגרירות ישראל בברלין הודו לשרת הפנים על ההחלטה. בתוך כך, ברוסיה יוצאים נגד החלטת ישראל שפרסמה אזהרת מסע לאזור הקווקז. על פי הודעת משרד החוץ הרוסי, הקריאה של ישראל לאזרחיה לעזוב את אזור צפון הקווקז היא אנטי-רוסית. מזג האוויר, ירידה בטמפרטורות. בשעות הצהריים ייתכן גשם מקומי בהרים, וקיים סיכוי לשיטפונות בנחלי מדבר יהודה וים המלח. אלה החדשות שעורכת אילנה בנימין. who was in touch with me regarding the 459. Uh, early next week, we're going to be speaking with the guys from 8th Day, and they'll hopefully explain to us satisfactorily what 459 on a Thursday has to do with the ultimate redemption. <laughs> and Rabbi Hagler, I thank you for, for allowing both of us to laugh about that. <laughs> getting older, forgetting stuff. Um, and speaking of forgetting, I'm sure, I am sure, That I said 2 p.m. news. I made a whole big deal about it being 1 o'clock in Israel right now, which of course it is. I'm sure I said 2 p.m. You know, seconds after I was discussing it because, you know, hey, that's the way it is. But that mistake I could have made 20 years ago anyway. That I can guarantee you. It probably did happen a million times 20 years ago. Uh, we'll finally be back to a seven-hour difference between Israel and the eastern part of the United States. It's coming Sunday morning when we go to standard time. It'll again be a seven-hour difference right now. It is a six-hour difference. Governor Hochul is going to join us. Plenty more coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. on a Thursday morning broadcast with Yaakov Yosef and Rifa Enu as we continue to pray for those who have been wounded in Israel over the last three weeks. And we continue to pray for those who have been abducted and are being held by the enemy. Um, we have been talking about the uh, incredible governor of the state of New York. We are privileged to be led by somebody who has uh, a big heart and has tremendous uh, affection and concern for the Jewish community and all communities, frankly. Uh, Governor Hochul is amazing, and uh, I want to thank Avi Small, who uh, made this conversation happen, made this opportunity happen up in Albany, and it is uh, with great pleasure that I welcome uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, the governor of the state of New York, to JM in the AM. Governor, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, Nakam, thank you so much for having me once again and, and for the information you're sharing with your listeners to make sure that they're up to date on what is going on and what their leaders are doing. Appreciate that very much. And I want to begin by offering you condolences on the loss of your father. Ironically, this uh, happened, of course, when you were in the Holy Land in Israel. And I always say, Governor, you know, if I meet somebody who behaves like a mensch, I always say they must have had uh, amazing parents. And knowing how you are and the type of person you are, I would I would assume that your father was quite a guy. He certainly was. Uh, he was the very poor son of immigrants. Uh, starting out, my parents used to live in a trailer park and really nothing but rose up with the power of education. My father, for his 80th birthday a few years ago, wanted to do nothing but go to Israel. He went to the wall. And so when I learned that as I was flying over to Israel, I did have a chance to speak to him from the airport. And uh, he told me he was proud of me for going, but to keep my head down. So he was concerned about his daughter. Hmm. And uh, when I learned he passed, I, it was important for me to put a message in the wall because I know he would have wanted that. And he would have wanted me to stay in Israel to try and comfort the people 
who in turn, it was so beautiful, were trying to comfort me. People on the streets knew about my father when I was walking in Jerusalem, came up to me and offered love and support. And it was just so powerful, the, the beautiful spirit of the Jewish people who wanted to embrace me when I went to embrace and comfort them. So it really did help me get through a difficult time. So thank you for asking and for your condolences. Oh, 100%. Uh, a heartwarming tale. I know a lot of those people who were comforting you in Israel actually New York State natives that probably added a whole other dimension to it. I, I feel that I ne- I'm going to start on this side of the world, then we'll talk about the trip in a minute. Uh, it- it's remarkable how you um, insisted on jumping into action. Uh, when I mean, look, you, like everybody, are following what's going on in college campuses and are concerned about the safety of Jewish students and all students, of course, in the community. Uh, but the fact that you went to Cornell as that story was breaking to reassure all the Jewish students and faculty on campus that New York state authorities are concerned with what's going on and will do their best uh, to assist in any way. And and then, of course, uh, you, like all of us, found out about the arrest that was made in this case. I'm sure you were very glad that that occurred. I got to start with a thank you and tell me what it was like being on that campus that day. Well, it was nothing I even gave a second thought to. I was literally unpacking from coming back from my father's funeral and got word of what had happened on campus. I called the president late at night, and I said, uh, let's have breakfast together with the students. And so I arrived there, and it was, there's a Center for Jewish Living, a building where the students can live together and you know celebrate their great traditions and dinners together. And there were about 25 students. We sat in a circle, and I said, I just want to hear from you what you're going through. And it was powerful me, not just as a leader of the state, but also as the first woman leader. I'm a mom, too. <laughs> and I remember the stress that every parent has when you let your child go off to a college campus. And there's tremendous anxiety. So I need to reassure not just the students, but their parents and, the, and other members of the Jewish faculty and administration that I will do everything to protect them. We had state police involved, and as it turned out, uh, the state police captain who had responded and was there for students was Jewish himself. He had family in Israel. So when he could speak about that to the students, I, I believe they felt that they were more understood and understood the empathy that we're trying to bring to them. But I said, I'm going to protect you. That's my number one job as the governor of the state is to make sure that all New Yorkers don't just feel safe, but actually are safe. So I brought resources. We spoke to the Martha Pollock did an amazing job. She stood up against the horrific crimes that were being committed uh, right from the beginning. I give her a lot of credit, the president. And we are also overjoyed when he learned that the perpetrator had been found. I said, we'll leave no stone unturned and he will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law because we have to send a message that there is no tolerance for this in New York. No New Yorker should ever live in fear. And I'm really glad I went. There's nothing I would have, no place I would have rather been than Monday morning with those kids and giving them uh, uh, some love and comfort and understanding that they're really going through trauma now. I mean, they were literally threatened that if they walked to class, someone would said others should get them and slit their throats. I mean, this is, this is abhorrent and at a level I've never seen in our state. And I want to stop this. And I gave an address just two days ago and said, New Yorkers have to stop being cruel to other New Yorkers. It's not who we are. And I will continue to speak out against anti-Semitism, hate crimes, and the cruelty of one New Yorker to another because it has to stop. 
It's uh, one of the most important um, uh, things we've heard this week uh, in, in reference to the speech you gave and the one you continue to give about hate and hate crimes and how law enforcement in this uh, state of New York is going to be on top of their game constantly. It, 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 it's somewhat, look, I don't have to tell you, it's somewhat frightening. You see what's happening on college campuses in general in this area. Uh, you, you know that some of the demonstrations that have taken place on the streets and bridges of New York, even though, thank God, the NYPD and the state police have been able to keep things in check. But you know that the, it, it's a hot atmosphere, to say the least, and we worry about violence. So, uh, you know, having leadership like yours, who's reassuring us and working with, uh, with uh, law enforcement officials and public safety officials to keep the peace is extremely important at this time. And making sure they have the resources. And that's right. why I announced $50 million more for law enforcement agencies all across the state. They need to be a visible presence at yeshivas, at synagogues, at our cultural institutions, and make people know that they're being watched. There are people out there protecting them, but also money for grants for our vulnerable institutions, uh, you know, places that need to have more security. And th- right. those are the places that we allocated more money to as well. And finally, Governor, the trip to Israel. You know, not everybody, not not every public official drops everything to go and show solidarity, uh, to uh, bring messages of love and peace uh, to people, you know, almost 6,000 miles away. Uh, you did it, and you did it with such grace, and you did it with so much concern. Uh, I, I know it was a whirlwind for you, especially under the circumstances. It was a whirlwind for you, and, you know, you pack as much as you can into, into each day uh, that you're there. Can you give us a couple of highlights? Tell us a couple of things that really, brought the situation in Israel home to you? I needed to go there and bear witness to the atrocities that were committed on the Israeli people because there were people starting to question. And it reminded me of the Holocaust, where today we still have Holocaust deniers who pretend it didn't happen. So as the leader of an influential state with a voice that I know goes beyond our borders and as the leader of the largest Jewish population outside of Israel, I wanted to go October 8th. I mean, I literally was saying, I need to get there. And security reasons unfold, and I had to wait a little bit longer than I wanted. But I was the first American, I believe, but definitely the first American official to go down to the site of the Kafar Aza kibbutz. And what I saw will, will torment me the rest of my life. Mm. But I needed to see it. I needed to walk into the rooms where young families were were murdered in their beds, that there was a safe room intended to keep these people alive, that were became a house of horror when I heard about the butchering of young women and, and the massacres and and the bloodshed. It was just I won't describe more because it'd be yep. too shocking for people to hear. But I brought those stories back with me. But also while I was there was able to meet the political leadership, the prime minister, the president, the ambassador and tell them we need to get our hostages free as well. We need to free everyone, but there's also Americans. I handed the picture of Omer Nutra at the request of his parents uh, to the president. I said, we have to bring New Yorkers home. I, these, are my, these are my people. I need to help them. So it was powerful to see the devastation, the resiliency. I went to the hospitals and met some young fighters who had been severely, severely injured but they ran into the line of fire because they wanted to protect other innocent civilians. Uh, I I could go on and on and on, but it's just the the reality was so stark, and it gives me the ability to describe here in America, here in New York, 
what actually happened and how Israel had a right to defend itself from a terrorist attack, just as the United States would, just as any country would. And I'm not going to put you on the spot. It wouldn't be fair in terms of other government officials, but I do want to remind this audience that there are plenty of representatives, including those who represent parts of New York, who never even bring up the American hostages, who never even... uh, cite the, uh, the the fact that the enemy is holding uh, people who are actually, you know, New York State at one time residents, but United States citizens. And I think that that, you know, that's where the battle begins on this side of the world. At least start with that. Make sure to condemn Hamas for what they've done and they continue to hold uh, hostages there in Gaza. Uh, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you. Enough. And the Jewish, I, I always feel, as you know, we've spoken before, and as you know, I always feel that I have the Jewish community behind me when I say things like this. I can't thank you for your support enough. I can't thank you for the trip and for going there and being there on the spot and bearing witness to everything. And again, you know, we're New Yorkers. We're living in New York, so many of us uh, uh, feel the effects of your leadership. We see the law enforcement officials in action. We see the public safety officials NYPD and state police in front of synagogues and schools. And all we could say, Governor, is thank you. And thank you so much for all the uh, uh, for all the um, uh, support that you're giving our community during this time. Thank you. Look forward to joining you again and to uh, just wish peace and safety and, and mental well-being. People are literally traumatized in our city. And yeah. that is not acceptable to me and we'll continue to fight together. So thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. God bless you, Governor. Have a great day. Thank you. She's amazing. She is amazing. That's the bottom line. And I think all Jewish New Yorkers know it. She's amazing. Uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up here at JM in the AM. We're going to be checking in uh, later on this morning. Um, with a variety of guests, including David Mandel, who leads OHEL. You can imagine that uh, even on this side of the world, OHEL um, deals with what people are going through on both sides of this world, and we'll explain what that's all about coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Oh 
J.M. in the A.M. with these songs for soldiers. Done by Mayor Green here at J.M. the A.M. Chaim Shlomo Mayas with Utsu Eitzah before that. Thursday morning broadcast, second day of November. So I asked about an hour ago why November the 2nd is an important day in modern Jewish history. Then I gave a hint that I'm referring to November the 2nd of 1917. Has anybody gotten it yet? November the 2nd, 1917. Why is it significant? Um, yeah, that medley is called Songs of Soldiers by Mayor Green. Someone just asked that on the app. 
Also, someone says, celebrating Simchas in Israel, Mazlov out to a Nechama Leah Klein of Harnov and Nechemia Coopersmith of Yerushalayim, getting married in five hours from now, infusing Israel with hope for the future. Isn't that true? J.A. Mora, thank you, Governor, for your compassionate support. Yeah, you got to admit, she's, uh, I mean, we've spoken to her, you know, many times as lieutenant governors. The first time we've spoken to her as governor. She is a classy lady. That's undeniable. Undeniable. Takes her leadership role very seriously. I think she's a Buffalo Bills fan, but we're not going to hold that against her. Uh, listener Moshe, good morning, Nachum. Just, just after saying you may have aired saying seven-hour difference the last few days, you said 2 p.m. news. I knew it. I told you. Yeah, getting old. I told you. I said it right after the news. <laughs> and I bet you I said uh, I said 2 p.m. newscast. It's only 1.31 in the afternoon in Israel right now. They haven't even had their 2 p.m. newscast yet. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, plus this week, of course, the upcoming first yard site of my father-in-law, Harav Yitzchak ben Moshe Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Hallel, Kois Yeshuai Sesa, I will raise the cup of salvation, Nidorai Hashem Ashalem. The vows that I make to Hashem, I will pay. Rabbi Rachmiel Gershon Edelstein once explained that the Pasuk in Bereshi says, Vayidor Yaakov Neder, that Yaakov Avinu made a vow. That vow was made for Hashem's protection. It is known that Rabbi Tzvi Yehuda Edelstein when he was drafted into the army in the First World War, when it was in the middle of the war, he made two nidarim, he made two vows. Our posuk here talks about an individual that needs a Yeshua. As it says, Kais Yeshua says so, I raise the cup of salvation. The nadar nidarim, and then the person makes a vow that it should be a schus, that it should be a merit for them. After their zaychid for the Yeshua, after they merit to be saved, and they come to pay back the vow, they should pay it in public, in front of everybody, because through this show of Emunah, others will become inspired, others will become encouraged, others will deepen their faith. That's the reason why the Korban Toida, in which there were 40 chalos brought, had to be eaten within the span of a day and night in order that there should be a lot of people that would witness it, that there shouldn't be anything left over. And through that, there would be a great piercum, great publication of the greatness of Hashem, and everyone would give thanks. In the recent days, we have seen all of the mitzvahs that the soldiers in particular, the members of the Israeli Defense Force, have taken on. Thousands of pair of tzitzits were made from all over the world and sent in. Thousands of pair of tefillin were sent for all of the soldiers. Many, many soldiers gathered together and sing and they dance to Hashem. Many soldiers, even on the battlefield, one minute before a battle, will scream out, Shema Yisrael, Kabbalah's O Malchus Shemaim, to accept the yoke of the heavenly kingdom. Thousands of soldiers are on the battleground learning a Daf Gemara, a Chomish, a Mishnah. 
equally as important. Yidin from around the world have taken on a resolution, a Kabbalah, to be a little bit better, to learn a halacha of Shmira Saloshan, to try and to do an act of kindness, to add kapitlach tehillim, chapters of tehillim. May the schus of all the Kabbalahs from all the Bnei Israel worldwide, may we soon see the kois Yeshua's Esa, the cup of salvation raised. May we be zochah that every soldier return home safe and sound, and that each one of the hostages are returned home safe and sound. Bekarav biamenu amen. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. J.M. in the A.M. It is a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Simon Jacob, an hour from now, we are adding a show about kosher wine and Israeli wine that Simon is uh, hosting to our Thursday night lineup. No joke. We're adding it to our Thursday night lineup, and it's happening... um, It's happening uh, around 6.30, right in in advance of our... uh, Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Details coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. morning broadcast. Mazal Tov to those who are completing Meseches Kiddushin in Daf Yomi over the next couple of days. Hatzlacharabah, those who are studying, uh, starting Baba Kama, which begins officially on Shabbos, if you follow the one page per day Talmud study. 
Mazalta. By the way, November 2nd, 1917, Balfour Declaration. For those of you who have been waiting for over an hour for me to give that answer, <laughs> it is 100, 106 years ago today, Lord Balfour declared his Balfour Declaration, uh, which uh, often in uh, modern Jewish history is credited with the eventual founding of the state of Israel could argue all you want about whether it uh, in fact had that type of effect or not but that's the reality in terms of the perception of our world I don't think it's that off base frankly but anyway uh, we encourage all the teachers and principals rabbis to uh, mention it today at some point November the 2nd 1917 the Balfour Declaration JM and the AM on a Thursday morning broadcast. Very proud of my uh, cousin uh, Yehuda Birnbaum, Yudi Birnbaum, who has built up quite a business that many of you already are familiar with. It's called Meat and Board. Yeah, M E A T and Board. Handcrafted charcuterie. Yes, I'm shocked I know how to pronounce it. So uh, he's got a successful business, thank God. And a lot of people in this audience certainly are familiar with what uh, he and uh, his. Uh, his company does. Uh, but he, like many, wondered, hey, if I'm in New Jersey, 5,800 miles away from our beloved soldiers, what can I do to help? So many of you know that the beef jerky is a pretty shelf-stable item. And many of you know that if packages of beef jerky show up at an Israeli army base, you have some very happy soldiers. <laughs> very happy. And this is a delicious product that he makes. So the Chesed Funds has, has a campaign. And for those of you who, you know, if, if, if you've been followers of JM and the AM over the last few weeks, you know that I continue to uh, emphasize the efforts that are feeding our soldiers because they, you know, at, at the soldier's age, I had a bottomless pit when it came to eating. I can only imagine guys who are burning off thousands of calories constantly, how hungry they are and how much they crave a meat product. So Meat and Board figured out a way to create... Meet for IDF. Go to uh, thechesedfund.com slash meet, M-E-A-T, the number four IDF. They have a $100,000 goal. They've just exceeded 14000 as they continue to go on their way to achieve their goal. Yuri Birnbaum, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning. How many years has Meet and Board been around? So Meat and Board has been around since 2017. Wow. Uh, yeah, we've uh, we've been uh, around for a while. Probably one of the first people out there to put meat on a board. Yeah. Uh, hence the name. <laughs> and uh, we've been around for a while. We've been doing this for a long time. And um, Monday morning, uh, October 9th, when we really gathered our thoughts together of what was going on in our show, we just, my wife and I, we sat down. We 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 discussed what what can we do as as individuals not just as nation but as individuals what can we do to to help out because not everyone can just jump and go to our Israel and and physically help out so uh, my wife came up with the idea listen we have the capabilities and we have the skill to to make a shelf stable beef jerky uh, we have the equipment to do it um, we do this all the time um, let's do this and and send it to, to, to IDI soldiers. And we know sometimes the soldiers, they don't necessarily um, have the best food. Maybe <laughs> when they're in the base, maybe when they're in the base, they can have food. But when they're on, on the field, they don't necessarily have the capabilities of getting the food even. So we, yeah. we figured we can make these small 
two-ounce packs of beef jerky. They can take five, ten of them, put them in their vest pockets, and carry it with them. And it'll last a couple weeks. Oh, once they take it, it's probably going to last you know, a few seconds once they open it. But <laughs> I get it's, that. Uh, it, it's definitely something that they can they can have on the field, and it'll give them the energy and the clock that they need. Besides for Arzfilos, you know, that will help them up as well. Um, that will uh, let them uh, continue on to uh, fight the good fight. Um, what are you up to? How many packages have you already been able to send over to Israel? So we've already sent a couple thousand packets. Uh, yesterday, I know I sent a thousand myself. Um, I stuck them in suitcases and schlepped them over to people to, to bring over. Um, the more funds we have, uh, the more we're able to produce, um, which would mean that I can send pallets at a time. I, I, oh, 100%. The, the, uh, I, not looking to pry into your business, I'll do it from a retail standpoint, a two-ounce package of kosher beef jerky basically sells in the New York, New Jersey area for about how much? So they sell for about uh, $11, $12. Amazing. Every one of those packages is expensive. It's not a cheap item, beef jerky. And that's not one that's one of the reasons that this is such an effective campaign, because it's a filling item and a good tasting item, and it's meat after all. I mean, you know, it's one of the best proteins out there. Um, Absolutely. So you're sending everybody out there, when you contribute to this, you're sending $10 packages. I get it. That's a retail price, but I'm trying to give everyone a perspective of the quality that our soldiers are getting all the way from New Jersey from meat and board. Um, and you're able to, you know, obviously, you know, hundred bucks because, uh, you know, they're not on the retail market, obviously when it comes out of their facility, a hundred bucks, you're, you're feeding God knows, I don't know, 20, 25 soldiers, whatever it might be, uh, with a package of beef jerky that can carry them through the night on a difficult evening. Uh, and again, I, I know that everyone gets this. Not everyone thinks this is the most important cause when it comes to um, uh, what's happening in Israel now. You know, bulletproof vests might be more important than packages of meat. But I don't know, a shelf-stable item that could feed our, our soldiers and that they can carry with them and they can have it at a moment's notice. Uh, trust me, they appreciate it. By the way, Yudi, uh, describe to our audience what the videos have been like, what the reaction's been like from the soldiers. So we've been getting videos um, from not only from the people who are distributing it for us, um, who take videos and to help us along and give us a little more um, just acknowledgement to say thank you to what we're doing, um, but also from the soldiers themselves. They they see our number on the packet and they send us a WhatsApp. <laughs> and, and I've even gotten pictures from from reservists who I personally know who I didn't know that they were in the reserves. Oh gosh. And that they've sent me pictures of them holding my beef jerky saying, thank you so much. Um, this is really, this is really, you know, making my day. How many varieties of beef jerky do you make? And are you limited in terms of what you're sending to Israel to one variety or you get to send an assortment? So we actually make a variety of four different flavors, um, besides for our shelf stable beef sticks. Um, we're only currently sending one of our flavors of beef jerky and our beef sticks. So we have two different items that we're sending, and we're just putting and sending them as much as possible. And people who want this product in New York and New Jersey, is this something that they can get in a retail outlet, or they get it specifically from your website? They can get it from our website, meatandboard.com. Um, and we have some places in the Lakewood area that sell them in their stores. I mean, they walk in, it's literally hanging there on the shelves, and they could just buy it that way. 
Yes. Uh, Yudi Birnbaum is with us. All right. It's it's very basic, everybody. It's very. Once I heard about this, I think it was the first day I was in Israel that I heard about this. I said to Yudi, when I get back, we're going to tell everybody about the effort that they're making. I mean, they, they literally, with enough money, they could continue to send thousands of packages of beef jerky to soldiers in the Israeli army. That's the bottom line. Um, there's a website uh, that you could support right now and uh, help them achieve their $100,000 goal. It's thechesedfund.com slash meet for IDF. Thechesedfund.com slash meet, M-E-A-T, the number four, and then IDF. And uh, there's an opportunity to do something really practical and uh, really delicious for the Israeli soldiers. That's the bottom line. And uh, Yudi, I assume that you and your staff are working overtime to get this done on a daily basis. We're working uh, 20 hours a day sometimes. It's, Crazy. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a, just work that I haven't done in a long time. <laughs> Pretty amazing, uh, I'll tell you. It's a great idea, I'm telling you. You know, I, I know it sounds basic, and I know a lot of people it sounds like, you know, is it really making a difference? I think it's an amazing idea. You know, if you, if you told somebody that, you know, you could have shelf-stable sandwiches that you could send to the Israeli soldiers that they can keep in their pocket, they'd get it. You know, it's a filling item. Be A package of beef jerky, it's meat, it's protein, it's filling, and it's delicious. So, you know, you meet all the requirements. So I Absolutely. Hope, I it's hope, better than a can of tuna fish. That, seriously? Uh, yeah, well, in yeah, terms of, yeah, you don't, you, you, you don't need to bring a can opener with you. <laughs> and it's yeah, until now, until now in the field, Israelis, uh, IDF soldiers, that's what they're bringing with them. Cans of tuna fish. Wow. Yeah. I think by th- putting that in your pocket. Yeah. Not only that, I think the meat is a uh, better alternative anyway, but Hey, personal feeling. All right, everybody, the bottom line, Yudi Birnbaum, the meat and board company. A lot of you are familiar with it, especially those of you who love the uh, the charcuterie boards and all that. You probably sent them to your to your machatanim at some point from our friends at Meat and Board. Um, they've got the fun going on, and that's the bottom line. And I hope everyone participates. All you got to do is toss in a few dollars. You know, you don't have to go crazy here. Toss in a few dollars, help them get to their goal, and uh, every time they get um, any amount of money, they're able to make more and more. Beef jerky for Israeli soldiers. That's that's what's happening out of Lakewood, New Jersey. TheChesedFund.com slash meat, M-E-A-T, for the number four, I-D-F. TheChesedFund.com slash meat for I-D-F. And again, it is the number four on that address. Yudi Birnbaum, anything else you'd like to add, sir? Um, Absolutely. I just wanted to say that this particular thing that we're doing over here is it's it's because i have this uh, i guess skill set that you can say um that hashem has given us uh, myself and my wife in order to uh, to come up with this idea but everyone out there has has some sort of skill that they can help out with whether yeah. it's yep. even just driving you know to to bring a package to an airport everyone can do their part to help out and and continue on with this after that we've see, been seeing in Eretz Yisrael um, and around the world as, as a nation. Um, and it's not just that we're doing anything special. Everyone can do something special, yeah. even if it's a small thing. You don't know how right you are. Uh, Yudi, continued good luck. Kala kavod, and uh, I hope the campaign's a great success. Thank you very much. Uh, thechesedfund.com. The Chesed one S in this one, by the way, folks. <laughs> the chesedfund.com slash meat for IDF. M E A T, the number four 
IDF, the chesedfund.com slash meat, M-E-A-T, the number four IDF. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M., that is the Deddy Tribute, as done by Yankee Briskman and company here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, came out, of course, just a couple of weeks ago. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Our good friend David Mandel is standing by. He is the leader, the CEO at OHEL. And you can imagine that OHEL on both sides of this world have been very involved in helping people get through the trauma of this war. Seems like their work is never done. Every time they, uh, every time things seem to calm down, there's another international situation or local or national situation that they are dealing with and helping us cope with. But I just wanted to mention before uh, I start with David, uh, OHEL has their 54th annual gala coming up, and it's going to be happening Sunday the 19th of November at Pier 60 in New York City. And I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazal tov to a Gloria Cayley, who's the guest of honor, uh, to Stephen Bush of Apple Bank, to uh, Goldie and Baruch Greenfield, uh, to Liz and Simcha Goldberg, uh, they're all going to be honored that evening and recognized for their um, for their leadership and generosity. Uh, Asi Win, the great storyteller and magician, is going to um, is going to serve as master of ceremonies. And again, it's happening Sunday, the nineteenth of November. As we've been saying for the last oh, I don't know, forty years or so. Uh, make sure to support Ohel and make sure to, uh, in addition to donating and uh, giving them what they need, make sure to be there for the big gala, ohelfamily.org slash gala, ohelfamily.org slash gala, or 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. David Mandel, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be here. It would be a a pleasure under other circumstances that we all understand. Nevertheless, good to speak with you this morning. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to begin this because I know that 
Uh, you and the staff and volunteers at OHEL are really looking at this as a global picture, trying to not only help people locally here, but do whatever you can to advise and support people in Israel as well. Can you give us an overview? Can you give us an overview about the, of what the last month has looked like as OHEL has jumped in to assist people in this new traumatic situation? If there was ever a time that the statement, every Jew is responsible for each other, call Israel away from Zelazer, there is no clearer message. 15 million Jews living worldwide, and we are speaking as one. One person, one voice. Whether we're speaking about that virtually everyone has someone in Israel, a relative, a friend, a child learning, a young couple living, someone. Or if we speak in our small circle at Ohel, the number of employees who have children not only living in Israel, but serving currently. Mm. We had a gathering a couple days after October 7th of people working at Ohel, and we were speaking about what was going on in Israel, and a number of employees spoke about their sons and daughters and grandchildren serving currently in Gaza and in northern Israel by the Lebanese border. So that's just a glimpse into everyone's world, not only Ohel's world. And we can talk about what Ohel is doing in Israel right now on a significant level. Please do. I mean, tell us how 6,000 miles away you and your organization can have an effect on the people that are being traumatized over in Israel. About 15, 17 years ago, I wrote an article titled Ben Yehuda Ocean Parkway, one street separated by 6,000 miles. (laughs) Very good. I was speaking about a different issue at the time of young people and the conflicts and life challenges that young people have here, there, and everywhere. And so today, that comment is certainly true in a different way. While OHEL is not serving on the front lines, thankfully, all the young men and women in the army, in the reserves are doing that work, and certainly people around the world are contributing in such significant ways. OHEL is serving the children of Israel and their parents in the following way. For a number of years, dating back 54 years to the beginning of OHEL, OHEL has always worked in trauma long before that word became popular. Several years ago, we put together a specialized team of trauma staff specialists led by Dr. Norman Blumenthal and Sidney Ryder, director of the Zachter Family National Trauma Center. And Sidney in particular, whom you know 
Well, authored several workbooks with Dr. Naomi Baum, who lives in Israel, a highly acclaimed specialist in author and trauma, and they authored several workbooks on resilience. Ono staff teach children how to be resilient in the face of a crisis that you can respond to it. Pretty amazing. On October, on October 8th, the day after, the day after, our staff, Tivi, Naomi, and our staff adapted these workbooks on resilience to the war in Israel. We have printed it in Ivrit, in Russian, in Spanish. There's a Spanish-speaking crowd in Israel, as well as Israeli expatriates. We printed it in Arabic for the Bedouin community who lost two dozen people on October 6th, as well as having six people kidnapped from their city in the Negev. And we are distributing tens of thousands of copies in schools and in communities. I wish schools would be open, but we know where they're holding these things. So Inner Space was only available in English until a month ago? Only available in English until a month ago. It's pretty amazing. It is now available in South... Not only available, it is being distributed tens of thousands of copies through several partners, initially in the South, and now being distributed with several partners throughout Israel, the North, South, East, West, it's interesting because, um, I mean, obviously, with all the languages you just said, I'm sure the majority of them are in Hebrew, obviously, uh, and then call it Kavod to get it. I guess these days people aren't shocked and you can get it done that quickly, but call it Kavod, you got it done that quickly. But we've actually gotten calls from people who want to send children's books to Israel, and the English children's books, you know, only have a certain amount of value, obviously. Most kids in Israel are not uh, able to, uh, to to read English. And uh, this is, I'll tell you, this is an impetus, I'm sure, for a lot of people out there. If they can get their books translated, their children's books translated, uh, with the speed that you just described, and uh, and get them over to Israel, then th- that could be a tremendous service. We're talking about everybody using their skills in this war to try to help our brothers and sisters in Israel. Uh, people in that industry have an opportunity to really make a difference. I didn't realize it could be done that quickly. And those books are workbooks, right? It's not just, these are not storybooks. These are workbooks that give, I assume, give children practical steps and tips of how to deal with things like this, right? These are workbooks, picture books that they, parents can use as a storybook to children to bring out issues of how to respond to fear how to respond to scary noises like the siren, how to respond to information that they're hearing. They can talk about it. They can draw pictures, artwork. They can sing about it. They can do it in any way at any age because we have it at different ages. We also, of course, have on the OHO website tips, tips for parents, 
how to speak to children of very various ages. Let me give you some examples. Norman Blumenthal, Dr. Blumenthal, shared the following at a meeting of the Board of Directors on Tuesday night. Some of the words are typical words, and some of the words are scary words. He got a call from someone who has a two-and-a-half, three-year-old child who is so afraid. And, of course, when children are afraid, they want to go back and sleep in their parents' bed for safety. He got a call from someone that their daughter is asking for their passy. Two and a half years old, not something that one normally does. For advice on how to deal with it. Norman always has a good one-liner to calm people down a little bit. So his first response was, in a war, we all need a pacifier. <laughs> and he spoke to him about, yes, but also explaining to the child that this is temporary in whatever way they can. Right. At the other end of the conversation is a child who said to his father, a child said to his father, Daddy, what does rape mean? Because everyone keeps hearing that word, rape, slaughter, murderer. We advise our children and ourselves to temper the amount of time on social media, but it is all day long. Nachum, let me tell you a beautiful story coming out of Kibbutz Be'iri. Wow. How could there be a beautiful story coming out of Kibbutz Be'iri? Go right ahead. The very Kibbutz that had so many people, so many people murdered. And let's not say the rest of the words that people are repeating over and over again. Those horrible words. Life-changing Kibbutz Be'iri, one of their businesses was printing, printing. And Kibbutz Be'iri, we know, was decimated. Two days ago, Kibbutz Be'iri, for the first time, was able to put back their printing operation. Wow. And we know today's printing operation is a little bit different than the old-fashioned printing press. So they put together their printing operation and through the work of Dr. Naomi Baum and a number of other people, including Amy Beridz, Mrs. Rapp, in Israel, the very top printing that they are doing is this Ivrit workbook on resilience that Ohel prepared for the children of Israel. So not only is it being sent over and helping children and families, it's actually being printed in a kibbutz that's desperate for some income. A good story coming out of kibbutz, baby, if I'm allowed to say a good story, Nahum. Yeah. Silver lining, I guess, after the terrible disaster. David Mandela is with us. Well, it's interesting, David. You know, organizations are founded. You're obviously have you were obviously founded um, in order to service the people of New York State. Not a secret. Ohel's you know always been an agency for New York State, but over the years, 
as things arose in New Jersey, California, Florida, other parts of the United States, traumatic experiences that happened around the country that that uh, communities around the country needed help dealing with. And now Israel, uh, you've really turned into an international effort. And you know how it is. Organizations could put the blinders on and just concentrate on what's going on around them. Not a criticism. It is a strategy. But you guys went the complete opposite way. It is really a vision of the board of directors. And, you know, I, I can't say enough. And every time we talk, every time you and I speak, one needs a vision. One needs that little, you know, a hand at the bottom of your back to push you forward. You sail into the wind. An expression that I use when there's a crisis, you could turn away or you sail into it. That's how you learn to get out of a skid. You drive into this skid. Right. So, Jay and Fanny Kestenbaum have given us the Kestenbaum Family International Trauma Children Services. Who would have thought a couple of weeks ago that the <laughs> Kestenbaum Family International Children's Services would be on thousands and tens of thousands of workbooks? And we now have seven staff working in South Florida in trauma under the banner of the Brescia family, South Florida Trauma Services. So Nahum, although it is truly national and international, and when Elon Musk lands on the moon, um, it'll be the Stacey and Nahum Siegel Cosmic Family services, Nachum. Hmm, I didn't know you knew I was a fan of the moon. By the way, I want to point out, we're talking about the inner space, the Merchav Me book that uh, David said is being uh, printed in, in Hibbutz Be'eri and has been distributed in Israel, and they've made a commitment of over 30,000 being printed and distributed. If you want to see more about this and learn about what Ohel's doing specifically um, for the people in Israel, go to ohelfamily.org slash resources, ohelfamily.org slash resources and you'll be able to check out exactly what it is that they're producing and uh, the practical literally the practical handbook workbook that's being distributed in all these languages in order to help the children of israel and uh, david anything else you want to add about the uh, war situation before we talk uh, uh, for a minute about the gala coming up I, I just want to emphasize the value of partnerships so many people believe that in complex situations, they should go it alone. They don't want to share with others. They they don't want to make other people nervous. In moments of crisis, develop partnerships. We have so many partners in Israel. Israel is partnering with Ohel in so many different ways, so many connections that these workbooks are getting distributed the way we would not be able to do on our own, nor do we want to. And certainly the Cayley family, Alicia and Danny Jacoby Cayley, who live in Ramada Sharon, outside of Tel Aviv, are such important partners. We do so many things together beyond Camp Cayley. So my hats off to all of my colleagues, Divi Ryder, Dr. Norman Blumenthal, Tammy Kornfeld, and so many others on a daily basis who are working with our partners in Israel, and of course, continue 
the important work over here in Shlomo and all else that we're doing, Nachum. And I remind everybody that OHEL's 54th annual gala with the uh, uh, guest of honor, Gloria Cayley, and uh, the other honorees that I pointed out earlier is going to be happening at Pier 60, uh, Chelsea Piers in New York City. That happens on the 19th of November, beginning at 5 p.m. Uh, I always say this. It's not a, I mean, I've been saying it for 30 years. If you're going to go to one dinner a year, make it the OHEL one because you always leave inspired. And you always leave having seen a unique program. It's really hard to put together a unique program at dinners year after year after year. And OHEL always points, always pulls it off. OHELFamily.org slash gala. OHELFamily.org slash gala. Or you could dial 718-972-9338. 718-972-9338. And David, for the reasons you mentioned in this conversation and for others, it seems like it's one of the most important years for people to come out and support the cause. Nachum, many people ask the question, you know, is this time for a gala? Is it time to go out to the city with Pier 60? You know, shouldn't we be doing something else? Shouldn't we be canceling? And we say to people in times of trauma, you know, you try to lead as normal a life as possible, recognizing the trauma, dealing with the trauma, coping with the trauma. It's, you can't run away from it. So, you know, this is not a party. Of course, it's a celebration of Ohel's work, and it's a celebration of our honorees. And this year, in light of the situation, our evening, our gala, our dinner is adapted on a daily basis. They will see a very different conversation, our guests, than in the past. It's going to focus on the trauma work. It's going to focus on the work in Israel. It's going to focus on children's resilience, that people will take away a message of how to build resilience in our own lives, in our children, of course, in a celebration of the honorees. So we ask people, we implore people on Sunday, January 19th at 5 p.m. November, November. Go to OHEL's homepage. November. What did I say? January. It's November 19th. We're coming up. Coming up in a couple of weeks. November 19th. Okay. Okay. November 19th. Thanks for listening, Nachum. <laughs> the least I could do. OHL's, yeah, go to OHL's homepage, and you'll see information on the gala, the information on all the links of all, all the helpful hints that we're speaking about, videos, the webinars, Everything that's going on in OHO's homepage. So, yes, 54. Three times lucky high of them. Pretty amazing. And I should point out, as you just alluded to, uh, there are a lot of webinars, a lot of uh, support groups. There's a lot going on in this part of the world. We really concentrated on Israel because of the uniqueness of OHEL's recent program. There's a lot going on in this part of the world. Those of you who are in need of a support group, webinars on different topics regarding trauma, etc., take advantage. Go to ohelfamily.org, ohelfamily.org slash gala for the big dinner. It's ohelfamily.org slash gala, 19th of uh, November, uh, 718-972-9338. Another way to make a reservation, support OHEL, all the work that they're doing now around the world, especially in Israel, and get ready to um, 
uh, be part of a very special evening. I know that uh, people do paint it as a dinner and going out, but OHEL's different. They walk away with tremendous inspiration and and really having funded uh, a very important cause. So I have no guilt feelings telling people to go to Manhattan and enjoy the evening on November the 19th. David Mandel, CEO at OHEL, uh, continued success. David, call out a vote on everything, especially the Israel piece. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Nachum. All the best wishes to you and Stacey and everyone that listens to you here in Eric's world and everywhere. Have a wonderful day, Nachum. Much appreciated. David Mandel, he leads OHEL. And again, as you heard, the leadership has led to some incredible initiatives both here and in Israel in light of what's going on in this amazing world of ours. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Sacks and peasants united against the Jew. Each nation's reached its height. We're left to pray and yearn, aspiring. We waited for our turn. We will rise. overnight by one of our listeners on the app. We will rise from JEP here on a Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Take a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. And try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. And, uh, of course, as we always point out, A&H using its social media network to support our brothers and sisters in Israel as best as possible. Kol HaKavod. JM in the AM. It is a Thursday morning broadcast. Simon Jacobs is going to join us. Got a brand new show starting on our network later today. We'll explain what that's all about coming up. Yeah, we did just see Simon in Israel last week, of course. And uh, spoke a little bit about kosher wine and Israeli wine. And uh, tomorrow morning, a Friday edition of JM in the AM. 
Malcolm Holmline, and more. Make sure to join us. Governor Hochul was on earlier today. If you missed it, there's an archive section that'll be uh, updated with all of today's interviews within the next hour or so. Uh, Governor Hochul uh, joined us on the air earlier this morning. You'll check it out at NahumSiegel.com or on the NSN app in the archive section of either one. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. No 
the AM with Mina Maitzar done by Schleimy Kaufman. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. On this November the 2nd, the 106th anniversary of the Balfour Declaration. Day 18 in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the art side of Rameir Kahana is today, 18th of Mar Cheshvan. Uh, mazal Tov to those who are completing Masechus uh, Kiddushin in Dafyomi. That happens uh, tomorrow officially. And Hatzlachar to those who are starting Masechus Babakama this coming Shabbat in the one-page-per-day Talmud study. Hatzlachar from all of us here at JM in the AM. Well, the last time Simon Jacob was with us on the air was about 10 days ago, and he and I had an emotional reunion in Jerusalem as we were talking about the uh, terrible uh, aftermath of the uh, immediacy of the um, war in Israel. Today's conversation will be a drop different than that, but uh, no doubt it will be um, with our brothers and sisters in Israel in mind, to say the least. All the way from Jerusalem, we know him as the co-founder of the Jewish Unity Initiative and an amazing friend of this program, but uh, we also know him as an expert when it comes to the world of kosher wine. Simon Jacob, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very, very much, Nachum. And expert, I don't know. I'm an expert consumer of wine. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I, I can relate but. to that, by the way. I'm also an expert consumer when it comes to certain things. Uh, it was wonderful to see you in Jerusalem. Today we have the opportunity to announce that uh, there is a brand new broadcast, a brand new show that's going to be airing on our network just in advance of the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That begins every Thursday. Very popular show. Begins every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Now, every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, it'll be Simon Jacob with a show entitled The Kosher Terroir. And I hope I pronounced that properly. Simon, how did I do with the title of the show? You did great. Oh, I was standing God. there ready to jump in, and I and I stopped myself. So. Thank God. Yes. I was, you did a great job. I was worried about Thank that, you. and now week after week, I'm going to have to promote it, so now I have a boost of confidence in terms of my <laughs> abilities to do so. All right, so you started a podcast. You started a show that, again, we're going to be airing and making it part of our network schedule. I mean, tell us how this came about. We know that you do love kosher wine. We know you do love to promote Israeli wines especially. It's something you did 10 days ago on the air with us. Uh, when we were in Jerusalem together at our uh, mobile studio, or I should say our temporary studio in the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters. Uh, tell us how this all started in terms of uh, uh, presenting a weekly wine spot. Okay. So actually, Nahum, I have you to blame or thank for this, to be quite honest. <laughs> thank you. Because when I was on the show out of Teaneck, um, I saw the setup and, uh, and I said, wow. Um, I, you know, I've been thinking about what to do. There are all sorts of wine uh, blogs that are out there where people blog online about um, wine, but I wanted to have something a little bit more personal and I've got contact and I'm sitting in Israel. So I figured, let me reach out to some winemakers and some uh, wine people and see if I can get them, you know, on the air and speaking about their, their wine experience. So that's what we're doing. And uh, we've got about, I don't know, 20 weeks worth of shows right now. And it's um, it's working out pretty well. Yeah, you, you've done a lot already that have aired. And for us, obviously, they're in the can ready to be aired for our network. And and therefore, I don't even know if this is a fair question. Do, do you know which episodes airing tonight? Do you know which guests are going to be appearing on tonight's show? 
I do exactly. It's actually um, Eitan G. Oh, wow. Who was on? Who was on the? It's Eitan G. Uh, speaking. He's he is uh, he likes wine, but he's certainly not a professional in it. But he's he has a very um, inquisitive mind, and he generates a lot of questions. And I thought it would be very good for some uh, beginners to not be scared to ask questions about wine, and he asks them. And it's, uh, it's, it's very, very interesting. Very cool. For this audience, it's a great way to start. And uh, you are going to feature, because again, these are conversations, many of which you've already have. You're going to feature Israeli wineries, wine experts, uh, uh, you know, discuss all the topics that really delve into uh, what it is uh, that's needed to make a really great uh, bottle of wine, et cetera, et cetera. And as you always point out, Simon, you've been telling us this for years because you're such a connoisseur. I mean, there are so many great kosher wines available now. Uh, this topic is almost endless. So week after week, we'll be treated to a great conversation um, about, again, kosher wine, but in many cases, Israeli wine as well. Yes, yes. Um, especially now, we're trying to focus on Israeli wines because we really... We really want to promote it. It's a, it's a, as I mentioned on your podcast, on your, on the broadcast on the show um, from Jerusalem. Now is a very important time to support Israel, and one of the best ways you can support Israel is buying kosher wine. Tonight, beginning at six thirty p.m. Eastern time, and obviously you'll find it in the archive section of. NahumSiegel.com and the NSN app. It is the Kosher Terroir. Simon Jacob <coughs> discussing the topic of kosher wine, Israeli wine, and delicious wine each and every week. And <coughs> excuse me, in advance of the uh, Erev Shabbos show, Mark Zamek hosts the Erev Shabbos show presented by Kedem at 7 p.m. Eastern Time every single Thursday night. And then, of course, Tani Gutterman follows that with Tani Talks Parsha. So a nice Thursday evening block of interesting programming on the Nahum Siegel Network and fun programming as well. Uh, you'll uh, you'll feel that way when you hear Simon in conversation with his guests starting at 6.30 tonight. Well, Simon, all I could say is I'm proud to be able to include your show on our network and that uh, we should continue to go from strength to strength and continue to do fun, nice, and interesting things for the community worldwide. I'm proud to be on the MSN network, and I really, really thank you guys uh, for including me. And I want to wish you all a Shabbat Shalom Varach. Shabbat, Shabbat Shalom Varach, my friend. Simon, I'm already, I'm already pining for another reunion with you in Jerusalem. Hopefully that will happen soon, Bezrat Hashem, during these amazing and incredible times. Uh, as Simon said to me uh, off the air just a couple of minutes ago, this is the time to be in Israel. A lot of people don't believe that, and certainly most people aren't acting that way. But trust me, everybody, this is the time to be in Israel. More coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM in the AM. Yalda Shen 
Thank <laughs> you. 
He opens his eyes, something's wrong. He lifts up his head, he hears sirens wailing. There's smoke in the air, he can't breathe. He gets out of bed, and a rocket explodes. Shma Yisrael, Hashem Elokeh, Hashem Elokeh. We're never alone, you call us your own. Please hold us, we need your embrace. We may be small and we're always surrounded by nations that want us destroyed. And we know. So many years we've been scattered Chased from each country with violence and hate We're back in our land, our true home But the hatred persists When will it end? Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeh Hashem down the walls and searched through cold-hearted killers they tortured with glee massacre like never before the world cheers them on how can this be Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeh J.M. in the A.M. with Ellie Levin and Shema Yisrael before that Milchama Achrona, Yehoram Gaon, of course. Well, I haven't spent enough time this morning uh, talking about those who um, fell in battle over the last couple of days. And the, the losses are gargantuan, as always, no matter what the actual number is of soldiers. The losses are gargantuan. Always our best and our brightest because we are we. Because our brothers and sisters in Israel are producing the best and brightest. Um, I came across a photo from 
2016 and then a photo directly next to it from 2023. It says, at left, then Mossad chief Yossi Cohen cradling 15-year-old Pedaya Mark at the funeral of his father, Mickey Mark, who was killed in a terror attack in 2016. Now, those of us who are very familiar with Yeshiva Torah Shraga, you'll recall that Mickey Mark was the executive director of Torah Shraga. And the driving home, I believe it was, on an Arab Shabbat near Utniel was gunned down by the enemy in a terror attack. It was a terrible, terrible episode and made a tremendous impression on everybody around the world. A lot of people knew him. Everybody loved him. And the nature of the attack, like just, you know, driving home for Shabbos and near his house and the whole thing was just, it was very hard for people to um, to get over that one. Not that any of them were easy, but you know what I mean. And then the picture at the right is... Um, Again, Yassi Cohen attending the funeral of 2nd Lieutenant Pidaya Mark, who died during fighting in Gaza yesterday, meaning on Tuesday. Yeah, Pidaya, again, a graduate of Makar Chaim, which we know of because of Yassi Balmo. So they're losing some uh, alumni during this war. So at the age of 15, his father is uh, killed by terror attackers, by terrorists, I should say. And uh, then in 2023, Pedaya himself as a soldier in the Israeli military is killed um, in his role as second lieutenant during fighting in Gaza. And this is just one, one of the soldiers and the families that are suffering at the moment. A lot of them are suffering. And we have outlined in this show, both from personal experience when we saw it up close and personal and from what we're reading and seeing, there are just so many people in Israel, so many of our brothers and sisters going through such anguish, such pain, such fright, such uncertainty. We've got to do everything in our power to continue to shower them with love, love, affection, attention, everything that we can do in order to help out. But this is a, um, this story the Mark family, hard to uh, hard to process. Again, all of them are hard to process, but some of them really hit home more than others. Let's hope it's a safe day. It's already 3 p.m. in the uh, area of Israel in the Middle East, 3 p.m. Thursday afternoon. Let's hope the uh, IDF is able to do what it can do to the enemy today and limit and hopefully not have any casualties whatsoever please god please god it's a good thing to pray for by the way you could add that to your tefillot you could add that to your prayers all right there there are points of uh during prayers that we can add our personal requests every day we should be mentioning to the one above let this be a day where we have no casualties where the army can make tremendous progress and not suffer at all our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal Network. And of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing uh, three-hour broadcast here at JM and the AM. My thanks to uh, Governor Hochul. My thanks to uh, Yudi Birnbaum. Support the cause at the Chesed Fund. Chesed Fund. I think it's ChesedFund.com, is it? 
Or is it chesedfund.org? Chesedfund. Uh, oh boy, I had it a minute ago. It's it's one of the two. Chesedfund.com or .org slash meet, M-E-A-T, four, the number four, IDF. My thanks to David Mandel. My thanks to Simon Jacob. Tune into the brand new show tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. for the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Yossi Zweig and a Thursday Live Lunch at 11 a.m. Charlie Harari's next, and at 10 o'clock, it'll be Allison Joseph's with Jew in the City Speaks. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.